0: And welcome to the farm. I'm Katja Williams, the rural mum. And today we're talking, you've married the farmer, now what? And we're joined by Ben and Bree Meek here from the Blaney region in New South Wales, Australia. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having Thank us. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down for us today. I'd just like you to
2: start by introducing yourselves and uh, telling us a little bit about you. Ladies first. <laughs> uh, I'm Brianna and I grew up in Northern Victoria and my background is dairy farming my parents are newly retired in the last five or six years from about 30 plus years in the industry and i had a typical rural upbringing and uh, thoroughly enjoyed running around um, being close with animals i guess dairy farming you get that exposure of coming in close contact with cattle all the time every day Um, i have fond memories of being in the calf shed, (laughs) helping raise calves, and um, just, yeah, one of five kids. So, I was in a very busy household. Mum and Dad were always um, progressive with their farming, always wanting to get the most out of their pastures. Mum was always on top of the AI programs, and um, yeah, then I met Ben,
0: and my life changed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, born and bred on uh, 600 acres near uh, Hobbies yards south of Blaney, um, Central Tablelands, New South Wales. And uh, it's a, I guess I'm fourth generation on the place. Uh, Dad's still very much the sole operator. Uh, I'm involved on a contractor-type role uh, uh, on a day or two a week at the moment. Uh, and we're working, I have two brothers, and we're working on a the beginnings of a succession plan. Um, <laughs> and I guess just to, it was uh, nice to think back to early days of uh, dating Brie and, and going to the dairy and seeing a different way of, of things being done.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you met and uh, where your life has gone from there.
2: Uh, we met about uh, nearly 11 years ago uh, at a mutual friends 21st and uh, started dating, did the long distance thing while I was at um, Wagga uh, attending university there and um, then we went to Canada for a gap year, did a work. Sort of tourism visa for about eight nine months, and uh, in that time we were very much living in each other's pockets and decided that working together was good fun, but doing it every day wasn't quite for us. Um, and then upon returning to Australia, then we both did a little bit of work together on a beef and sheep property, but then um, also had a couple of days where we worked at other jobs, so that way we still got that time together, and yeah. then also had our freedom, our independence. <laughs>
1: Bree got a dairying fix yeah. with a uh, <laughs> local, a local dairy here for a, for a time. Yeah, uh, so good. that's good.
2: That's good. And
0: so, what year did you get married? And then, when did your two beautiful daughters join?
1: <laughs> uh, end of twenty seventeen. We got married. Yep. Uh, and uh, did the did the usual honeymoon and a few bits and pieces, and and then uh, two little ladies have come along. Natalie, who's three and a half, and and Lily, who's one and a half. Beautiful.
0: Yep.
1: And that brings us up to pretty much today's, today. Today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now you both reside on.
1: On mum and dad's yes. farm yep. Yep. Uh, yeah we're probably within stone's throw literally probably at yep. mum and dad's yep. place which yep. might be a little <laughs> bit too close for free at <laughs> times but it certainly has its benefits when it comes to babysitting and yeah. uh, support yeah. and like oh just just drop the girls up the hill for a few minutes sort of thing or yep. Um, yep. yeah yeah
0: so brie how did you find moving from your dairy background onto a cattle and sheep enterprise advanced
2: Uh, Yeah, very different. Um, I think the winters are far more severe in cold um, and the summers were a real shock, almost uh, slightly drought-like because um, where I grew up it was irrigation country so we had green grass pretty much all year all the time unless it was extreme conditions and um, then to have dry paddocks during summer I was a bit like, well what's going on, where's the grass gone? (laughs) Everything's gone to head and then everything sort of managed for just changes of seasons whereas um, dairy farming um, as I say the irrigation country is a bit different. Yeah. Um, I also found the change in terms of um, dairy has that regular milking so you have very much a set routine going to beef and sheep um, throw that out the window that doesn't matter anymore you obviously have your intense times like shearing or when you've got to do calf marking and the like it's intense for a few days and then the time timeline or time pressures sort of a little bit more steady beyond that, so yeah. yeah, really different.
0: Did you find that there was a certain tactic or method that you implemented to help yourself with that change of routine,
2: um, or that change of mindset? I think because I did still work a few days a week at a dairy farm locally, that was um, nice for me to still sort of have my um, hand in at what I'm used to, um, but I think I tried to embrace the changes. I Learned new skills, thanks to Ben, in terms of uh, fencing. I hadn't picked up a pair of fencing plies before I'd met Ben. Um, And um, yeah, just tried to embrace the change, embrace that I was out there learning. And I think the big thing was trying to accept I'm not going to pick it up right away um, because I haven't grown up with this. It's all new and I just have to accept that.
1: (laughs) I probably needed to be a little bit more patient in probably in teaching those sorts of things too because (laughs) you realise that not everyone is with a set of fencing pliers in the hand. (laughs) And I learned all sorts of things about running out of temp hot wire and that sort of stuff from uh, in Bree's side of, yeah. It was certainly, yeah, early days was down at the dairy was quite quite an interesting to learn just about a different style of agriculture.
0: And so you mentioned before when you were in Canada that when you were working and and living in each other's pockets um, you needed that independence. How did you find that independence once moving to the
2: farm with Ben? Um, As I say, I... uh, I think we chose to. I think it was mutual that we both wanted to have days where we worked elsewhere or did other things. Um, if I had a day off yeah. um, or sometime on the weekend, I would definitely seek out sort of, oh, I've got to go buy some fabrics and so I can do a, a great selfie of mine. Or today I'm going to go full steam ahead in making some nice biscuits and whatnot because I thoroughly enjoy being in the kitchen. It's about finding that balance and relishing in your hobbies or whatever it is that sort of makes you tick and going forth with that because you can't do, you literally can't do everything together because you'll yeah. drive each other nuts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think too that probably that that challenging initial sort of uh, transition when we did get to Canada and work was pretty full on, we, um, there, there was a bit of a time there where we had to communicate and compromise with one another. I think Breed didn't think working Ben was a very nice kind of, <laughs> it wasn't the, the boyfriend she thought she had. Uh, and I probably expected, I realized I didn't have, uh, I probably didn't cut any slack in terms of, I expected if we're at work, we're, we're workmates and yeah. she needed to be doing everything to the same standard that I did. And that's something I had to adapt to. And so yeah. I think it's um, probably like lots of things in relationships you have to uh, both communicate and then also just compromise and, and cut each other a bit of slack. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he, on that too, like I, I realised I had come from uni and then we took the gap year and I'd probably been not quite as work fit and within the first couple of weeks I think we averaged 10 hours a day plus yeah. and that was like physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it was big, very it's compounding, understood. I just thought oh my gosh what have we done?
1: Old <laughs> like cold old windy prairie, country. it was <laughs> just... Yeah, it was
2: extreme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know if we touched on that, but we were working attached to a feedlot. So the cow calf operation was attached to a yep. feedlot um, near just a bit uh, east of Calgary in, in Alberta. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: big operation has
1: one. It was, yes. a, yeah, it was, a, I think <laughs> for that region, it was a fairly big feedlot yes, yep. and then a big, big cow calf operation. They had a mile by mile block with four pivots on it, and we were pretty much marking, like uh, tagging and marking calves in the paddock straight off mum, vaccinating, and they were all. They had different owners, so often different brands, yeah. varied quality of cattle that yeah. might want to eat you at times. <laughs> there was a bit of time spent. Yeah, that was a
2: bit of a surprise for me. Every dairy cow, you could just about go up and touch and pat, and this one's trying to eat me or roll me
1: over. <laughs> yeah, Brie often spent a bit of time on the stick trying to keep yeah. him away, yeah. and when the stick went flying and Brie went back in the buggy, I knew it was time, <laughs> it was time, to, time, to, time to follow up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, from your experience, both over there um, in Canada, as well as being... Back on, on farm, yeah. back at home, either from the dairy or, or from where you call home now. Yeah. What would you say would be your top five lessons of what you've learnt in the agricultural industry from that introduction?
1: I think I didn't realise that I had high expectations of a of my partner to also work to that standard. And that's probably something it was actually interesting, it was good that we probably learnt that in Canada where we were both out of our depth yep. rather than me being on my home turf and yep. having that expectation yeah. or something like that. So I think um, probably my expectations needed to be yep. adjusted. Uh, so yeah, manage expectations. Um, probably giving each other a bit of time off, which was probably hard in Canada. Mm. Um, still do the fun, like do the fun things. Remember why you're, why you're a, a couple. Uh, I never thought of agriculture being maybe a little bit lonely or isolated, but yep. perhaps it was a little bit during like those Canada days, that was a bit we were a bit isolated together, which, yeah. which was a uh, bit of a pressure cooker, which is both good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I think in hindsight, perhaps um, trying to not necessarily schedule, but make sure you do get that independent time, um, because you need it to be human. You need it to express yourself in your own personal way, and you don't need someone either breathing down your neck or either encouraging you how to go forward with something sometimes you just need that space Mm. um and i think maybe also to finding time to get away from it like go together and do something completely different something maybe you both of you haven't done before or yeah just stepping out of that situation i think is good and i think we did that at at certain times you know righto, that's it we haven't gone and treated ourselves or done something that's go to town and let's go have a nice dinner somewhere or do mm. something So that way you're getting that, that break of that constant life and work and mm. you're just going around on a treadmill. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: can end up a bit on all on yeah. repeat, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was there
0: yeah. any particular advice given to both of you either when you were married or when you first moved to the block or even independently as kids growing up on the land that really resonated and stuck with you that you... Finds that you refer to either on the occasion or, or daily? <laughs> I
1: think the only one that came to mind, comes to mind on that one is, um, I think mum used to sort of, mum expressed that she didn't feel like, some people sort of say, oh, we were made for each other, or it was sort of fate that we were together, but mum always sort of said, oh, like, that she felt like you could, meeting someone was a bit of a chance, and then it was a matter of working, whether you could, you need to be, work with someone that you can compromise with. I think com- compromise was probably the biggest, Buzzword that's stuck in my brain with that, like sort of someone that you can both communicate and, and compromise with because it's not always going to be rosy. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I remember probably coming, come back from Tamworth or something, um, from a party and and having a yarn about that sort of thing and that we were both on the same page that um, yeah. that we wanted to, we we're just committed to each other, but it was all about compromising with one another. Yeah, yeah they might
0: have brought us
2: together, but we're going to put the work in. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think. I can't remember yeah. when it was exactly, it might have been just after we were married or just before when my aunties had said to me that marriage is a beautiful thing, but you have to work at it. Yeah. And without that input, you're not getting anything out, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, really important.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm. So Natalie and Lily have now joined you on the farm. So, what would you say, Brie, as as a mum? Yep. Um, and what would be your top mum tips, tricks, and hacks for raising
2: kids on the land? Um, all sorts of full full wheel drive capable prams, uh, backpacks, front carriers um, will change your life um, because you can't be doing this all the time. Yeah. Um, you can't carry the kids yeah, around yeah. forever. For yeah. Being in cattle yards with a backpack and a child in the back, and you you still got your hands. You feel like you're relatively useful still Um, and hopefully the child's happy they're getting that exposure. Um, People might think that they're just sitting there or falling asleep and enjoying the free ride but hopefully they're experiencing things, seeing things and um, learning something, whatever that is. (laughs) Um, I think also too when we first, the first few times that I sort of doubled back into work I did sort of half a day um, doing farm work with our first and um i was still feeding trying to ride the bike had her in the front carrier then at lunchtime, time whenever stop got a feeder got a changer um i think learning to accept that a child is a beautiful thing in your life but sometimes it might feel a little bit like a handicap and that is okay um sometimes you might feel time pressure okay we've really got to make this happen there's a storm coming there's a truck coming whatever it might be um take a deep breath and just say it's all right I'm doing the utmost I can hmm. and it will happen when it does. Yeah. It'll, I'll finish when I finish. Yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm probably on the same vein with that. I, you just gotta remove expectations, remove expectations of what you thought you would get done yeah. and yeah. any progress is good progress, is still with, progress with, with, the, precisely. with the kids, yeah. yeah. Um, I think maybe more for the dad point of view too. It's very easy to just want to keep Getting things done, and you—the whole like they sort of say farms one of the most dangerous places. Finding that line of what you will and won't do with your kids around mm-hmm. um, is probably a is one to be cautious of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and just yeah, realizing that that everything's not going going to go forward at the same rate. And mm. like I guess within agriculture, we're all growing something, and it, it's easy to get production focused, but you just got to maybe step back and go, what we're producing is hopefully a couple of great little kids rather than. Yeah. Uh, yep. Even if the even if we're not quite going as forward as fast as we'd like to settle yeah. for a
2: slightly slower pace, yeah, yeah,
1: the other day we were doing some fencing with all four of us, and uh <laughs> I think I would have been faster by myself <laughs> I had, I had Lily following me along, <laughs> and Nat's dropping wire and <laughs> I think probably going more to a dairying side of with one of those little uh you take a little from each, each side's family. Mm. Uh, having a bit of a, more of a set dinner time. I never grew up with a set yeah. dinner time. With Dad's a shocker for, like, mum will have dinner and then dad just doesn't come in sort of thing. Or yeah. He's very relaxed with that sort of thing. And I uh, it took a while to adapt to that We really sort of set a dinner time, which yeah. works routine, works for kids, yeah. works for husbands. Yep. Um, <laughs> you can <laughs> always
2: go back out afterwards. Yeah, and that's so certainly sweet. in
1: summer we've been doing that a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah so i think that's a that's a good one
2: yeah it seems to work well for us because it means that once the kids are fed clean and in bed yeah you might have an hour or so where you can be productive yeah um at the end of the day whether it be just tidying things up or whatever it is you can actually get something done
1: yeah that's uh Mm. that's also probably it's a good cut off in terms of just a bit of work-life balance Uh, i'm trying to think because we're not we don't have things like harvest it's pretty it's pretty rare that you're not not in at 6.30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Unless something breaks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Or, oh, and like managing Coldwater Creek, which is sort of a half hour away. Yeah. Um, I, there's times when it just, yeah, like you say, it all yes. just goes wrong. You're just down yeah. the paddock. And that's just a matter of, once again, communication. Um, yeah. Trying to give well, when we were
2: both there, and I visited Ben out at Coldwater Creek, and we've had Natalie at foot, but Lily was still in my tummy, and I was, Thirty-something weeks pregnant, and the cows were calving, and there was we a cow a that of... needed assistance with the vet. And um, next thing, you know, it's six thirty, and I'd luckily packed some snacks. So Natalie and I were sitting on the edge of the.
1: Nat the was cattle play- yards Nat and was playing sn- in the away <laughs> it, it was getting dark and yeah. and the vet and I were working on this got and, home yeah. and
2: had dinner by seven it was still okay yeah. Yeah. as yeah. long as you've got those snacks yes yeah. Yeah. bridging snacks
1: yeah actually that's probably the other thing too yeah. is just when you go out in the when you go out in the paddock you think go oh it's just a job to go, go anywhere <laughs> yeah. throw a spare nappy a water bottle a bit of sunscreen a and hat food. pretty much a go bag of everything yeah. you need for, just to keep the kids happy because yeah. there's nothing worse than being down the Paddock and going oh, just got to get five more things five done minutes. or five minutes <laughs> yeah. more and uh, and the kids are just yeah. like no, nah, we have yeah. knock off time dad like not yeah. enough
2: can be said about just having t- like tummies filled yeah will make far more contented children yeah. yes
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah all the plastic toys in the world can't uh, can't compare with sticks no. and rocks and leaves and most of them are organic too at the end of the day like if they put it in their mouth it, <laughs> really no.
2: I maybe um, I think for myself I find um, I guess my work is my children uh, or being at, at, being at home and at um, moment, yeah. looking after the ho- house and taking care of the girls and I think I've recently found for myself for my own sanity I need to carve out and make a bit of me time and do a little bit of exercise just to make me feel like i've achieved something for myself for that day whether it's a little bit of yoga or go for a run or a swim or something just being fit and having that time alone is
1: making a bit of an early start on the day before the girls get up can be uh if you actually achieve something before the kids there's another (laughs) one if you can do something before the kids (laughs) Get get up that's uh yeah, that's golden, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: coming from two separate industries um, and now being on the farm together, you've both experienced some wet seasons and some dry seasons. So we'll start with drought. Bree, from the dairy industry and the insight that you bring onto the farm now, what are some of your top tips for you
2: know dealing with drought? can see that getting outside help sometimes is a really important step Um, if you can it's everyone wishes they could see into a you know magic crystal ball and see what's coming up and I'll sell the cattle or I'll sell a few sheep now so that way it's more manageable Um, but I think even though people go through really tough times I think it's so so important to stay connected with the community stay connected with friends and as I say branch out to one of your local agricultural centers or be in a um, agricultural group of multiple farmers to step out of your own situation, go, oh, hey, my mate's doing it just as tough, or, hey, like, everyone else is in the same situation. Make sure that you're not feeling isolated because that's when it can really start to turn sour. Yeah, Ben?
1: Yeah, I guess from my point of view, oftentimes I was, during dry times, I've been working between dads the property I manage at Carcor, and then also a bit of other contracting other places. And so you see a bit of a cross the board thing, and maybe you, the bad thing that's happening on each place catches up with you a bit. So being able to just talk with one another, uh, talk to each other about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the only other one that comes to mind, and it's not my original idea, but I've heard some old wisdom of like, put they sort of say put the last litre of water on the garden, like keep your garden around your house, and thriving and it's just a bit of a, an oasis to um, come home at the end of the day and get away from mm. things being pretty dry and horrible in the paddock yeah. Um, and yeah farmers I think there's mental he- health having a being a bit more in the spotlight these days I think there's some great mm. great just um, pretty informal groups of cockies that get together and, and have a meal once a month or something like that and I think that can do a lot a lot for people yeah. certainly one started uh, in our local area <laughs> but, but I know of a few blokes that actually yeah. really benefited from it yeah failure. yeah
0: and one that's probably more relevant to home um, for those who haven't worked in the snow before um, so the snow and the cold because Blaney parkour area can get quite cold <laughs> yeah so I mean that would be completely alien to myself Yes. Yeah. so there, is there anything that really comes along with that or the wet
1: I think try and put the tractor keys away as much as you can. It just makes a mess, whether it's raining or snowing. Um, we're very lucky in that we don't have... Like, the snow might hit and, oh, in a bad, big snowfall, you might have it around for a, a few days, but it's not... Um, it, it disappears, and the and the benefits in terms of, like, your nitrogen and some of that stuff can be can be pretty good. It's probably... And often when it snows, all of a sudden it goes calm and it's actually not too cold. Yep. I think for our climate, it's the, when it's sort of sleeting sideways, that's the stuff that's hard on livestock, mm. makes everything mushy, and um, and hard on probably people and and uh, and the like. So I guess having um, probably just good infrastructure in terms of, and machinery for, for making, feeding out as painless as possible. Yeah. Uh, and
2: yeah. sh- shifting livestock before, like if you have any forewarning, um, not that you get a forewarning when it's gonna be a really, really wet winter, yeah. um, but certainly in bad, sleety, snowy weather, um, yeah. shifting stock ahead of time, so that way you know that they've got shelter, they've got pasture, and if you can't get to them with the tractor, at least you know that they've got food and water, and shelter.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, in wet times, too, I've heard uh, yeah. it's just the biggest thing is almost coming clean with brie, like when I get home and just saying, this is what happened today honey and that can really what are they sort of halved but
2: ease the pain a bit <laughs> mm, yeah and
1: she knows then where i'm coming from and the kind of yeah. day i'm to ahead
0: yeah. thank you ben and brie for joining us today and talking to us about marrying your farmer and what now